You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Conn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow the Firecracker Cami at Cami and G. Just want to remind you this episode of the Lockdown Longhorns Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com for all your automotive needs. It's quick, it's efficient, low prices. All right, it is a Thursday in which there's no football this weekend for Texas. I know, that's so weird. Uh, these bye weeks are terrible, Tammy. <clears throat> I hate them. Absolutely hate them. Well, it's uh, also weird because there's no NFL game tonight, right? Or is there? No, because that was yeah that was pushed Tuesday, back so. because of all the COVID nineteen stuff. There was a game on Tuesday, kind of weird, uh-huh. but you know it is what it is. You know, Titans look good though. Uh, yeah, look fantastic. I was I was hoping that uh, Dante Foreman would actually get promoted from the practice squad so we could have seen him in that game. But I think Derrick Henry does a pretty good job running the football. Oh uh, yeah. So let's talk about just a little thing called familiar failures. Okay. Well, where do you want to start? Because there's a lot where did of it come from, failures Kimmy? under Tom Herman. It came from me. Yeah. Well, I guess I could credit Tom Herman for it because uh, whenever I started labeling it as familiar failures, which I can't say too much because I'll start slurring my words. Um, his inconsistency – well. You know, kind of how you said, the one thing he's good at is being inconsistent. I mean, I don't think he's just so, Yeah, but, I mean, you obviously have this reworked coaching staff, and he's had several of the same talented players that aren't progressing, and uh, eventually the blame falls on him because he's the one constant. And so they're losing to these unranked teams each year, and you can't do that when you're at Texas. And so I think Texas uh, probably won't this year, but eventually needs to go in a new direction, of more of a proven head coach rather than an up-and-coming. Do you think maybe they should go with a more defensive-minded coach than an offensive-minded coach and allow an offensive mind to actually run the run that side of the ball as they see fit? And, and Honestly, and- I, I'm not leaning towards either direction. I, I'm more on the side of uh, bringing, like I said, a proven coach, a championship-winning coach. Um, I don't think the list of candidates is very long right now, so that makes it a bit tough, but – um, I, I don't know because it is the Big 12, and you want to have obviously a high-powered offense there. So um, I'm not leaning either way, I guess, in terms of an offensive-minded or a defensive-minded. You know, if, if there's a name out there that I really like, and, and I don't know that he would do it, is Joe Brady. Um, you saw what he did last year with, mm-hmm. with Joe Burrow and, and the way that he was able to turn them into a national championship team. Yeah, they had a really good defense with Dave Aranda, uh, but Joe Burrow, I, I think the work that Joe Brady did with Burrow in that offense, uh, you know, you saw the development. You saw the progression mm-hmm. of Joe Burrow. Uh, I wonder if that would be something that maybe they would look at. I mean, he's an offense coordinator in the NFL, but this would be his opportunity to run his own team. I don't know. That's just an idea. But let's uh, let's dive in here to our primary concerns. I don't want to get too much on the coaching because obviously Tom Herman is still here. Um, but you know, it's a fun conversation to have. Right. Um, so Cammy, your primary concern with this team, uh, as it relates to on the field. 
On the field, I'd probably have to go with my most surprising concern, and to me that's uh, the run game. They're not able to run the ball right now. Sam Ellinger was your leading rusher the past two games, which they lost both with TCU and Oklahoma. I know injuries are somewhat playing a role, so Roshan Johnson has that aggravated shoulder, and then Bijan kind of had that awkward fall against uh, Texas Tech. So um, I guess we could touch on Ingram. I think that's probably one of the main causes because of his ball security. He fumbled in two straight games. And so obviously he warranted being sidelined for a little bit, but heading into the season, we thought that was one of their strongest position groups. And obviously they have a lot of depth there and three very talented running backs that that could easily go start at any power five uh, conference team. So uh, that's probably the most surprising to me right now. And that's something I think they definitely have to get on track against Baylor. They need a more balanced offense. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, one of the four concerns that Tom Herman brought up. And if you listened uh, to yesterday's show with Griffin McVay, we talked about that at length. You know, but but you're talking about the rushing game. Uh, I mean, your quarterback is 50 carries. Obviously, most of those are, are scrambles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's your best runner right now. I mean, he's he's got 242 yards, five rushing touchdowns. The only player on the team with – any rushing touchdowns is Roshan Johnson, but he can't stay healthy. You know, he's got the banged up shoulder week in and week out. It seems like Keontae Ingram, you know, he has a few more carries than, than Roshan, but you know, a lot of that had to do with, he only got three carries against Oklahoma. My question is, why are we not seeing more of B. John Robinson on the field? I know he's healthy right now. I mean, uh, and it seems like he gives them a little bit, you know, not, he's a really a good spark, runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives them a spark, but, but we're not seeing, cause and this is the problem that I had is Tom Herman said it was going to be an even split amongst the the running backs. But what it is, is it's Keontae, it's Roshan, and then whatever's left is given to Bijan. And I think he's your most dynamic running back. I think Roshan is the spark plug. Don't get me wrong. He is absolute spark plug. But I think Bijan just gives you so much in all areas of the run game. Yeah, I, I'm obviously a big fan of Roshan. I think uh, he should be a guy they lean on heavily moving forward. But I agree with you that Bijan deserves more carries. He's obviously uh, quick, elusive. He hits the hole pretty quickly as well. So uh, he's probably the top overall running back, even as a true freshman. But um, for some reason, Herman's just uh, slowly easing him in. And uh, we know that it was one of our primary questions against the TCU loss, that he was technically healthy on the sidelines on that up-tempo goal line carry that they gave to Ingram. And I don't know, I think at that point, um, he did have one practice leading up to that game. Herman, Herman did say he was healthy, but he just wasn't available due to his lack of practice. So I don't know, if I was a head coach and you wanted to win that dang game, I would have I would have put him in there for one carry on the goal line. It, it's one of those things where if you're a head coach and you're under fire constantly, why be cautious? Yeah. You know, I mean, because being cautious can cost you your football job, you know. Yep. Uh, so I agree with you 100%. Real quick, we're going to get in my primary concern, uh, and I've been harping on it for weeks. It seems like missed tackles. And I showed you the correlation. Missed tackles equal more points allowed per game. Mm-hmm. Texas in 2017 under Tom Herman, Todd Orlando, they had 92 missed tackles. They gave up 21.2 points per game. This year, they're on pace for 150, and they're giving up 36.3 points per game. 40.7 the last four games, and that's if you take away the overtime. Outside of that, it's 47 a game. So they've got to figure out how to tackle. And it's interesting because we heard all about how Chris Ash was about tackling. And if you go back and look at his numbers, 
the rugby style. Yeah. It's not exactly great. So yeah. is that is he living off of the success of the national championship run at Ohio State? Is that possibly it? Because looking at the numbers, it it doesn't tell me that he is as elite as they say. Yeah, I think a lot goes into that aspect. Uh, We've talked and touched on how undisciplined this football team is right now. We've talked about their preparation. They look flat. Um, They're having bonehead penalties back there. Um, And it's not your typical effort plays like you call them in terms of like a pass interference or something like that. It's it's dumb, unsportsmanlike conducts and things like that. So um, I don't know, but I think the Biggest concern in terms of the missed tackles is Overshawn leading the team three weeks in a row. Yeah, that 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 is definitely one of my biggest concerns and something that they've got to get cleaned up. All right, but coming up next, we're going to get into can Tom Herman be the one to right the ship? We're going to talk a little bit more about that undisciplined football, losing unranked teams, and you know how talented is this roster? But first, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. You know, Rock Auto is a is a great tool for you. I mean, it, it's quick it's efficient you don't have to go inside and o'reilly's in auto zone have to put on your mask talk to the guy at the counter he's going to try and sell you on what makes the most money why because most of those guys work off commission of course they do so what do you got to do go to rockauto.com type in your make your model they're going to give you everything available and it's quick it's efficient you get it shipped right to you you can take care of it yourself ross jackson Locked on Saints. He needed a tailgate for his truck. He went to rockauto.com. He got a tailgate. It's back on his truck, and now he's good to go. I needed an oil pump for my truck, so I went to rockauto.com, got my oil pump, got it installed. My truck is running like it's brand new. So you got to check them out. Go to rockauto.com in a little drop-down box. Tell them Locked on Longhorn sent you. So it's a Tom Herman episode right here on this Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kami, let's talk about Tom Herman. How talented is this football team? Uh, too talented for their 2-2 two and two underwhelming record, but uh, they're the number five most talented roster in the country according to the 24-7 sports team talent rankings that they put out this week. And uh, the majority of the rest of the top ten are consistently competing for championships. Texas is the odd man out, so I think that's very concerning. So it takes away one of my arguments, my counterpoint to that. You know, it's, you know, when, when I hear top five most talented, it makes me think, are we overhyping the talent? No, I think, well, I kind of, I think um, it can be a recruiting issue in terms of obviously uh, they're looking at the four and five star guys, right? And uh, maybe those particular four and five star recruits aren't translating to the next level. We've seen that happen uh, to a lot of players. I mean, uh, even at Texas, Garrett Gilbert, it's happened to use a five star that was overhyped, several running backs, things like that, that you could argue. So uh, some players, some highly rated players just don't translate uh, to the collegiate level. So, I don't – I guess that's, that could be a valid argument, but I think they're getting enough talent that warrants where they are um, in terms of the top ten most talented rosters in the country. And uh, it's just unheard of why they're not producing on the field. I think the argument can be made uh, – you know, like I was going to say, my, my counterpoint is are we overhyping it? But then when you go and look at numbers one through four and they're consistently playing for – conference championships and, you know, national title contenders, 
that kind of alleviates that whole talented uh, argument, you know, whether it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's good or not. Um, and I think development is key. So, uh, you know, I, I was hoping and Mike Yersich coming in was going to help a lot on the offensive side of the ball and, and trying to help these guys out. I mean, he helped Mason Rudolph get to the NFL, you know, right. a, a guy that not many people thought was an NFL caliber quarterback. I mean, he was highly touted. Yeah, he was a four-star prospect, but, you know, those don't always pan out, like you said. Um, and Chris Ash, I thought he was going to help Joseph Asai. Now, Joseph Asai, I think, is doing a fantastic job. And, and Matt Miller's even talked about him being one of his top mm-hmm. edge guys. Uh, so I, I think it's there. But the discipline among this football team, and I think that's my biggest problem with Tom Herman. It, I mean, the, the play calling on offense kills me, defense, but the discipline. The, yes. the Derek Kerstetters, the Ryan Bukchewski penalty, that one drives me nuts. Like, you're a punter. What are you doing? And the false starts. There's been several of those as well. And I, I think those are all what we, we like to call self-inflicted wounds and bonehead penalties uh, that just shouldn't happen as often as they are throughout uh, their two losses. I mean, um, would you say they're averaging 90 or 80-something yards per game just off of penalties alone? Yeah, I think it's uh, – giving up, yeah. Uh, I will look up the actual number, but I think I it was like 80 or something like that. So uh, I know we rounded it up to about they're giving up 100 yards a game on penalties, which is uh, that's not going to win you a football game. And uh, like you mentioned, I'm not too happy with the play calling on either side of the ball, but it's the uh, it's these this undisciplined football in terms of the penalties and the missed tackles and the preparation and things like that. They're just not there yet. Let me just tell you this: they are averaging nine and a half penalties per game for 83.3 yards. In losses, they're averaging 11 penalties Jeez. for 89 yards. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's crucial. I mean, that, that's, that's big. When, yeah. you're, when you're losing like that and, and you're averaging 11 penalties per game, you know, take out the gun and shoot yourself in the foot because that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I think uh, what kind of bothers me is sometimes I feel like the coaching staff is a bit stubborn to the particular game plan. Like, um, hey, let's let's throw downfield deep 11 times, even though it hasn't worked once. It's bound to work one time. I'm like, no, like, just go with how the game is flowing. Go with what's working. Uh, move some guys around if you have to. They're just not being creative at all. They're not adapting. And that was one of the things I was most excited about with Yersich when he came in. All those interviews we listened to, he was talking about uh, adapting to how the game plan is going and uh, getting the football in his best players' hands. And he was talking about how he will get his best football players on the field at the same time. And I don't think we've seen any of that. So that leads me back to what we were talking about in the last episode, that uh, maybe Herman has too much control over this offense right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big concern. Um, I, you know, another concern I want to say, how many games has Jordan Whittington been a, uh, active for this year? Um, he got hurt in Utah, and then he only played in Oklahoma. So why is he second on the team in receptions? Ooh. Second on the team in receptions, and he's played in a game plus. Five quarters. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're arguing for the coaching staff, they've been dealing with a ton of in- injuries. Like Jake Smith would probably be leading the team in receptions if he had played every game so far. So, uh, and then you're talking about some defensive injuries like Caden Stearns, obviously huge ones. So, uh, I don't know. I think they still have enough talent and depth outside of those uh, primary injuries that there's no excuses. I mean, yeah, it's it goes. This is your this is your receiving leaders. Joshua Moore's got 19 receptions. And then it's Jordan Winnington with 12. 
and then Keontae Ingram and Brendan Schooler at ten apiece. That's that's oh, your leading. No. Uh, you know where where's the where's, where's the Brennan black? Eagles and Tariq Black exactly, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, should they should at least be top four. Uh, they're that next tier down. You know wow. they should be up there. You know, so I agree with you uh, a ton right there. I mean, uh, I, I don't think they're doing enough in the passing game, and it doesn't help when your quarterback's not accurate. So they got to figure. Yeah, that he really out. has not been, uh, and we're big Sam fans, and, and yeah, it, it's hard it, to it, defend how he's throwing the football right. Right. Now. Speaking of hard to defend, it's hard to defend this team when they play unranked football teams and lose. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's probably I don't know I want to say that's probably one of the bigger problems, right? Because you can't lose to these unranked teams. Yeah, and I think that boils down to preparation. The team is not prepared; they're not uh, ready for the. And it's almost like Texas is the Cowboys of college football. Everyone's going to play their best against you. They want to beat you. They want to show that. Uh, maybe you're not the best team in the state. So everyone plays them obviously very hard, especially within the conference. And so I just feel like they come out overly confident, flat, unprepared. Obviously we mentioned their undisciplined. So um, something with the culture is not right at Texas right now. Yep. I agree with that. They have a definite culture problem. All right, but coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about the injury updates, USA Today sports, where they have Texas ranked in their re-ranks. And who is your pick? Cammy's pick, my pick, for the Big 12 team that's going to take it this year. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is doing a fantastic job with giving me a healthy candy bar to eat because I love sweets. Uh, but it's it's a good way to keep my energy up. You know, cut those cravings so I don't gain the COVID-30, the COVID-40. It, it's feeling like COVID-40 right now because of, of, of how much – being inside and not being active, but it helps me to get my energy up so that I can get moving. So I want you to head on over to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your next order. They got 18 flavors, 12 original flavors. They got six new. Also, for that limited time, you can get that strawberry. I know Kami's a big fan of strawberry. Uh, so I know she's ordering them. You got to check them out. Like I said, go on over to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. For 20% off, tell me your friends at Locked on Longhorn sent you. All right, Kimmy, we, we discussed it a little bit about the, the injury bug, right? And it, it seemed like going into Oklahoma, it was going to be fantastic. We're going to have Jake Smith. We're going to have Jordan mm -hmm. Whittington. Joshua Moore is going to be back. You know, Kate we got Brendan. Yeah. yeah, it was all going to be good. Uh, and then – Pre-game, Jake Smith is out. Re-aggravated his hamstring. How much do you think this is going to be a lingering issue? Oh, I, I called that from the second uh, they diagnosed it with the hamstring strain because that's a hard that's a hard injury to play through, and he obviously suffered it uh, right before the season even started, so before even their season opener against UTEP. And so those are always lingering, and we've preached about how you have to be very careful with those. Do not bring it back until he's 100%. Um, whatever, whatever else. And so I don't think they brought him back early. I mean, because a lot of people thought he'd be back for tech and he wasn't. So I don't think they brought him back early. I think it was just one of those freak things maybe during warmup. So um, that does worry me going forward, though, just as much as it honestly worries me that Roshan's shoulder is still uh, lingering as well. Yeah, the the lingering issue there, like you talked about the AC joint, you know, and, and, and for a running back, that's tough because yeah, it has you're to be hard. pounded 
uh, you know, running back is one of the most violent positions in, in all of football. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably why the shelf life at the NFL level is so short. Um, and, and the college level, I mean. And his style that. of play, too, you can yeah, add on to that. He, he's ready to run someone over. And so I think that plays into it as well. You know who I blame for that? What? Ezekiel Elliott. Because he's a freak and he likes to run into people. And people yeah. watch him and they see him do it. And they're like, I want to do that. I, I, that's what I, I blame Ezekiel Elliott for B. John's injury against Texas Tech because he <laughs> hey, teaches, they've he's both been Zeke coached Luka. by Drayton. That's true. Does, so does Drayton teach that? Jump over <laughs> that guy? Uh, no, but yeah, that, that's a concern though. I mean, you, you're talking about the injuries and and a shoulder for a running back. I mean, that's not not an easy one to fight through. Uh, then we have Caden Stearns. You know, we expected a lot of Caden Stearns. He was supposed to be much better this year. I, Chris Ash talked about how Caden Stearns bought in, constantly wanting to learn and get better, and he was going to be their big playmaker on the defensive end. And, you know, we just hadn't seen it this year. I mean, yeah, he had the interception, uh, Billy Bowman, uh, at Texas Tech in the overtime. But outside of that, you know, it, I haven't seen the playmaking that I expected to see from him. Uh, but it's still young. There's six more games to prove it. But Caden Stearns was dealing with a turf toe. Um, which kept him out of the game against Oklahoma, which – and this makes it worse because they already have issues with B.J. Foster injuries mm-hmm. constantly. Chris Brown is injured. You know, uh, Tyler Owens. I mean, so it's like they, they don't have much depth on that back end at the safety position, and, and they're really thin. And and having Caden couldn't even play because of that turf toe. Yeah, and that's actually worrisome to me in terms of Caden's uh, professional future because he could be probably a back end of round one or a mid-round two uh, draft selection in the 2021 draft, but he just hasn't been able to return to his freshman form. And uh, I know injuries play a large role in that, but uh, eventually it's just impossible to keep him on the field. And so obviously NFL organizations are going to view that as a red flag, somewhat like they did uh, wide receiver Colin Johnson. Uh, Yes, he's very talented when he's on the field, but is he going to be on the field? So uh, yeah, it's unfortunate for him this season. I know there's uh, quite a few games left, so hopefully he can turn it around and uh, stay healthy. But I think him staying healthy is the biggest question mark for that defense so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. And, you know, Turf toe is one of those things where it's a pain tolerance thing. You know, if he can tolerate the pain, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I remember years years back when with Deion Sanders, he dealt with the turf toe, but it, it was like all season long, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was a constant thing. So it's just a matter of, of can he balance that, that pain level um, to be out there? Can he move? Can he cut? Can he, you know, all those things that are required of a safety. That's a big thing. And, you know, with, with a position like that where you're constantly, the constant movement and whatnot, your, your lower half is so important, um, you know, as far as, you know, change of direction, all those things. So I think that's that's going to be a an issue. All right, but let's get into this USA Today did their re-rank where they have Texas ranked where? At the number 40 spot. And I can't even believe I'm saying that because they were as high at, as, high as eight in several, uh, like the AP poll and things like that at one point this season. So, uh, that is a major tumble down the rankings, but I think it's a reasonable spot. Obviously, they lost two uh, conference games in a row, but there were five Big 12 teams ranked ahead of them on this particular list. Okay, well, well, here, here's the deal. They barely beat, and they had to have a miracle yeah. overtime mm-hmm. against a football team that's one in three. They had to – they then turn around and lost to a TCU football team unranked 
who's one and two. And then you lost to Oklahoma, who also is unranked. You know, so they're losing games that they're supposed to be winning. winning, (laughs) And they're winning games by the skin of their teeth that they should be, you know, throttled down. I mean, it's, it shouldn't even be close, uh, you know, as far as the, the talent gap and everything. But like you said, for whatever reason, either Texas plays down to the competition or the competition mm-hmm. comes up because they're playing Texas, you know, so, or maybe it's a combination of the two and maybe it's the football team. Like you said, is unprepared because of Tom Herman. I mean, that, that I hate to keep pointing to Tom Herman, but I think he's the source of a lot of their issues. Yep, um, I, agree. I think Tom Herman would be a really good coach at a lower tier power five. I just don't think he should be in an elite pro. And you know what, really, can we say elite program in Texas? Not in uh, the last decade. We can't. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know, but the expectation level for Texas is so high. I just don't think Tom Herman's the guy for that. Um, but, you know, those are some of the reasons why. But let's let's talk about the Big 12 and, and how we think we're going to finish out. Texas currently sitting at 2-2 two and two this season. Can right in the middle of the pack, I would say. Right in the middle of the well, pack. Can right, they make a run? Right now they are. Huh? Can they make a run, Cammie? Ooh, I think – um, obviously they probably have to run the table if they want to get to this big 12 title game. I think their most important games left are Kansas state and Iowa state and Oklahoma state. So, um, if I were to pick kind of a favorite right now, and it sounds so funny saying this because of the first week of the season, I would probably lean towards Iowa state, uh, just because, uh, they're obviously undefeated in the conference. Their only loss came in week one against Louisiana. So I'm leaning them. I think Oklahoma State has a pretty tough schedule ahead of them, even though they're the one undefeated team overall in the conference. But uh, they haven't played uh, many tough, I guess, I guess most of the tough teams in the Big 12. So if Texas can beat Kansas State, which I think is totally capable of, now that Skylar Thompson's out. So you're really just looking at Oklahoma State and Iowa State. If they can get past those two teams, I think they'll make it to the Big 12 title game. We'll find out October 31st, Stillwater, Boone Pickett Stadium. It's going to be an interesting one between Oklahoma State and Texas. Uh, will they have their quarterback back by then? Spencer Sanders, he should be back by that point. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a high ankle sprain. Shouldn't take – I mean, it's a two- to six-week, depending on the severity. Uh, but looking here, I mean, obviously, like you said, Iowa State's 3-0 and right now. Kansas State's 3-0. and Oklahoma State's 2-0. and and then you have West Virginia Baylor, and then comes Oklahoma, Texas, and TCU. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, it would be hard-pressed. Like, I'm like you. I, I look at Kansas State, and I think Chris Kleiman's doing a fantastic job there. Uh, but he's got to go with Will Howard now. He's lost his quarter his, his experienced quarterback, Skylar Thompson. And I, I, I'm kind of like you. I want to say Oklahoma State or Iowa State, but – I can't help in the back of my mind think Oklahoma or Texas. Is right, yeah. You know, I think it, everyone feels that way. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, I, I'm probably going to lean Oklahoma because if they can figure things out, if they look, if they can do the things they did against Texas, I oh, think yeah. they got a shot run at, the at run mm-hmm. the table. I mean, uh, the, their game against Bedlam is going to be huge. I mean, they do have two losses, much like Texas, but I think it would be the one of them run the table. Uh, but right now, Iowa State, they got a really yeah, good defense. They got a, they got a really good run game. Uh, Brock Purdy has looked a lot better. I think I think that first game was a wake-up call yeah, for Matt Campbell and that entire football team because they look like a completely different football team than yeah. the one we watched. 
I think Iowa State is in the best overall spot right now. So I think it's really theirs for the taking. Like Texas and Oklahoma obviously have to come through and run the table, but uh, they have, I guess, better wins within the conference. Obviously, Iowa State beat Oklahoma, so they already got that out of the way. And then Oklahoma State still has to play uh, the tough team. So I think Iowa State probably has it in the bag. They would have to uh, uh, lose, I guess, a couple games, including to Texas, uh, but I think they're in the best overall position. Like you mentioned, they have a decent quarterback. They have a somewhat decent coach, many um, argue about, a good defense. So I don't know. I think they're in the best overall position to win this one. Since 2017, Matt Campbell at Iowa State has one less win than Tom Herman, and he makes about oh my $3 million less a year. Yeah, and he's doing it with less talent. I, I will bring that up too. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns Podcast. Make sure you head on over. The Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. But for Cammie, I'm Patrick, and as always, keep it locked on. Hook them.